electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. I'd be able to make friends. I'm just trying to make a little money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. In this business, it's the percentage gain that matters, not the absolute number of points, which is the hope for so many of, of us who want, want to see a broadening out of what's working in the SP 500. Right now, as we get near the end of the year, it's so obvious that a monster amount of performance for 2023 comes to the Magnificent Seven. That includes days like today, where the Dow gained 204 points, SP jumped 0.74%, and the Nasdaq pulled 1.13%. The success of the Magnificent Seven is so palpable, so in your face, that people tend to think these stocks are the market. Hey, you know what? For 2023, they kind of were. But how about 2024? Can it change? We'll begin to see money gravitate away from the Mag 7 to other parts of the market. Two things have to happen before we can move on from the Magnificent Seven. Either these huge companies need to stop doing so many things right, or the rest of the S&P needs to stop doing so many things wrong. Both will be very hard, very hard to change. Let's start with the seven. It's absolutely true that it'll be hard for their stocks to continue their unbelievable runs. I mean, they've had such gigantic moves, but there's a roadmap. First, these are the companies that can do amazing things uh, with artificial intelligence. They can afford it. I think we forget how expensive this stuff is. And you'll hear all about why it's so expensive when NVIDIA reports tomorrow night because their super high-performance chips are a huge part of the cost. NVIDIA is the brains behind AI, and brains don't come cheap, do they? They spent years and years developing this stuff, so it seems only fair. They'll explain to anyone how the chips pay for themselves almost instantly. But this is a company that reported the biggest revenue miss, miss in the world. Biggest. Except, unlike everyone else, the miss was to the upside. <laughs> I have no idea what numbers NVIDIA report this time. I just think you need to own it, not trade it. Then there's Microsoft with this co-pilot AI platform that costs $30 per month or per user and is already being hailed as one of the greatest productivity programs of our time. I think this company will make a lot more money 
from artificial intelligence, or else CEO Satya Nadella wouldn't have gone the extra mile to hire OpenAI founder Sam Altman the moment he was fired by his own board of directors. More on that later. Like NVIDIA, I bet AI could help Microsoft deliver some great, really some giant numbers next year. Amazon may be able to reignite the growth of Amazon Web Services, AWS, which is bottomed out by using more artificial intelligence. I also think the real growth here will be an international. Don't hear about that much. Those two things could give Amazon faster revenue growth and a bigger bottom line. Alphabet, simple. They need to get Google Cloud Platform back on track. That's what dinged it last quarter. Any meaningful acceleration could get this, this stock moving. If Alphabet can quantify how much advertising it's gotten from the NFL and how it, that could be used to expand sports on YouTube, then it'd be a terrific one-two punch. Meta needs to show results from its metaverse business in 2024. It needs to start monetizing WhatsApp in a meaningful way, too. Either makes for a good 2024 story. Tesla, simple has to get back on track with its new Model 3. Big sales could easily get that stock up a gigantic amount. I have no doubt that the Tesla hounds would buy the stock much higher in return for some growth. And yes, a return to growth is a really real necessity this time from Apple. And that can come from better sales for the iPhone 15, a good intro for Vision Pro, or the services revenue that are almost as big as wearables, the Mac and the iPad combined. They have to start being much bigger. In addition, Apple may need to show some dramatic expansion of India to make its investors feel less apprehensive about China. Are these impossible? Actually, I think they're all doable, which is why the Magnificent Seven could have another huge year. That's the game plan for them, and I think they can accomplish it. But how about the other 493 stocks, the SP 500? I did a long essay this weekend for the Investing Club that traced out the difficulty of staying diversified in this market because tech is so powerful. I think you should take advantage of the Investing Club's Black Friday special and get this piece. I spent a lot of time on it. I think it went over. People liked it. Anyway, that said, you need to know that the solution for the rest of the market isn't about challenging the Magnificent Seven in terms of size. It's about percentage gains. I bring this up because we saw some, something remarkable happen last week. Shares of Gap stores saw their stock rally 30% because the company's fortunes are turning. It's been ages, and there's been a lot of fits and starts. But this turnaround has taken root. Just a 1% increase in some same-source sales from its largest division, Old Navy, and the stock caught fire. One division. Flagship Gap was okay. Banana Republic was weak. Athleta was a disaster. And it didn't matter. This stock just roared. We don't need to wait to see which is the next gap because so many retailers report tomorrow. But what matters is that the percentage gain from a Terminator, Best Buy, or Dixer and Kohl's, that could be humongous. It doesn't matter whether they get to become huge cap stocks. It just cares about how much money they can make you. What about Pharma? All right, you're going to need another hit drug like the GLP-1 weight loss injections from Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk. It's possible, but it might take the acquisition of a biotech company that is something uh, or, or the harvesting of biotech that's already been bought. Nothing yet. Maybe next year. I'm counting on it for some of these bigger guys. Some groups need help from regulators. Right now, if the regulators would allow the bigger banks to buy small ones like J.P. Morgan did earlier this year with First Republic, we would see some very good earnings gains and much better efficiencies. It would cause the whole group to soar. We honestly have way too many banks to even think that we can regulate them well. Much better to cut that number in half and make them easier to supervise. The savings would be immense. The stocks could go up gigantically. The food companies need to merge, too, in order to get their costs down. And the FTC has to realize these deals won't meet the higher prices for you, the consumer. But they need to be allowed to merge because most food companies simply can't take, keep taking out costs with merge, without merging. They just aren't. It's not capable. We need the oils to keep getting together, but it's strange that the target execs keep taking common stock for the acquirer and not a very big premium. That doesn't work for me. 
Mergers and acquisitions could be the potential savior for much of this market. Everything from medical devices, industrials, retailers, aerospace, utilities, food and drugs, and so many other groups. Right now, though, the FTC's really been very strong about blocking everything, block, trying to block any deal that comes in their way. Sometimes just to hold them up before a judge lets them through, and sometimes successfully just shooting them down. It's real difficult to get a deal through quickly at this moment, and that's been the major reason why the rest of the 493 stocks has not done well. Trust me, that's what's going on. The bottom line, if you want to see the rest of the market go higher, President Biden just needs to replace his FTC chair, Lena Khan. But given his pro-worker attitude and the fact that murders often do lead to layoffs, I doubt he'll go there. Then again, nobody lasts forever in these jobs, so you never know. Let's go to Matt in New York. Matt. Hi. Hi, Jim. Matt. All I want... All I want for Christmas is to see SoFi stock go to the moon. Where is Wall Street bets? Where are the hedge funds? And what are your thoughts on SoFi? All right, look, I, as I said when I, Anthony Noto, when the stock was at four, I, I know Anthony for a long time. He helped bring the street.com public. And I think that it's doing incredibly well. It's just not being reflected in the stock. That's what you have to keep saying because it's true. Its strength is not being reflected in the stock. It will one day because it always happens. Gerald in California. Gerald. Jimmy, chill. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. Got a big game tonight. What's happening with you? Oh, not much. Just uh, working out of the garage. Took some time here to talk to you. And oh, thank, thank you. Thank you my call. Thank you. What's up? Hey, I got a call to talk to you because I need to know what's what about this company. I'm thinking about adding to my portfolio. I did pick them up recently or a while ago as an infrastructure play. They're funded. Uh, they were founded in 1963. They're based in Dallas, Texas. They have facilities around the nation. This company is an American producer of building materials, mainly concrete, wallboards, such like that, things right. like that. So uh, I think they should be doing a bit better. What's the what's going on with EXP, Eagle Materials? I don't know. Vulcan Materials is on fire. Martin Mayor Materials is on fire. This one's not. I think it should be. I like your call. I would be a buyer of Eagle Materials. How about we go to Sean in Ohio? Sean. Booyah, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. What's going on with you? So I just want to get your uh, insight. What do you think about Charles Schwab? You know, given the cool. I think it's so cheap. I mean, I cannot in. believe. I got to tell you, if you uh, look, anything go wrong with these banks, and we've seen it. And I've made mistakes recommending banks. I just will tell you that I think Schwab at 56 is a keeper. Again, anything go wrong with a bank, and I've had in 2023, I made a mistake with a bank, and I live with it. But I do think that Schwab is an inexpensive stock. Mergers and acquisitions could be the potential savior for much of this market. Right now, though, the FTC is ready to block any deal, even though M&A is really the only thing that would make the other 493 stocks do as well as the Magnificent 7. On Mad Tonight, now that the retail earnings season is upon us, well, we got to digest every single one of them. And i got to tell you, I've done two segments on them coming up because you need to know what to think about this group. Don't miss my take on the latest action of the cohort. Then, if you think my stock analysis is magical, just wait until you see tonight's guest. Prepare to have your mind blown by the one and only O's the Mentalist. And last week, we learned that OpenAI CEO Sam Altman was being pushed out by his company's board. He created their own company, only getting a job offer from Microsoft to lead a new AI initiative. But what does this all mean for the tech behemoth that is Mr. Softy? I'm breaking down the latest, so stay with Kramer.
Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Cramer on X. Have a question? Tweet Cramer. Hashtag Mad Mentions. Send Jim an email to madmoney at cnbc.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visible visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Now we've reached the retail oriented finale of earnings season with a ton of them reporting last week and a flood of retailers reporting tomorrow. It's worth taking a closer look at what's really going on here. At this point in November, most stores have a very good idea of how the holiday season's going, and the holidays are the most important time of year for this industry. And last week was all about what we call frontsy backsy action, with many of the most hated companies seeing their stocks roar in response to better-than-feared BTF numbers, while some of the most beloved retail stocks sold off hard because expectations were too high. It started on Tuesday when Home Depot, a company that was almost universally hated by the analysts because of sky-high mortgage rates, delivered better than expected results. A nice top and bottom line beat, with management leaving the midpoint of their full-year forecast unchanged. Granted, the estimates had already come down substantially in the weeks before the quarter, but it was good enough to send the stock up more than 5% in a single session. Nice. On Wednesday morning, another despised retailer, Target, beat the estimates across the board, including a massive earnings blowout thanks to better-than-expected expense control and inventory management. That's how that stock shot up 17.75% last Wednesday. We all thought Target couldn't compete in this difficult environment, but they totally changed the narrative here. On the other hand, Kramer Fave TJX had been one of the few retail stocks that was still working, one reason why we own it for the Travel Trust. But when they reported on Wednesday, the stock sunk 
3.3%. Even though the off-price retailer delivered better than expected results for the third quarter, TGS gave conservative guidance for the fourth quarter. They slightly lowered their earnings forecast. Not a huge deal in the scheme of things, but the stock sold off because many shareholders expected things to be perfect. You know what? I say, what a terrific buying opportunity given to us by this excellent but incredibly conservative company, and that's what we told members of the investing club. We got more frenzy back Jackson on Thursday when Macy shot the lights out. Going into last week, the stock was down 47% year-to-date. Even though the results were not great in absolute terms, Macy's beat expectations on every major line item, and, and that includes a monster earnings beat. Like Target, Macy's finally got its inventory situation under control, meaning they won't have to discount their merchandise like crazy to get it all out of the store. Good position going into the holidays, hence why the stock jumped 5.7% in response to the quarter after roaring earlier in the week thanks to the pin action from the rest of retail. I think the stock's absurdly low here, and I'm looking for the incoming CEO, Tony Spring, to give us more bloomies with uh, blue mercury with fewer Macy's locations, unless they can help Macy's.com like William Sonoma does for that fabulous chain. At the same time, Walmart, another one of the few retailers that was up for the, for the year going into last week, actually did disappoint. I think the results were just fine. But management only slightly raised their full-year earnings outlook. In the end, Walmart did nothing wrong. Like TJX. It's just the expectations got too high. So a perfectly good quarter was seen as a devastating miss. And that's why the stock sold off more than 8% last Thursday. Harsh. Then Thursday night, the gap surprised the upside. Not only were the numbers better than feared, they were straight up better than expected. While Gap wasn't as hated as Home Depot or Target or Macy's, the stock had still come down from $37 at its peak in 2021 to 13 going into last week. The House of Pain. And the analysts weren't exactly expecting much from this quarter. Uh-uh. In the end, Gap posted much better than expected same-store sales and a 39-cent earnings beat off a lowly 20-cent basis. And that caught everybody off guard. And that's why that stock could soar more than 30% on Friday. As tons of short sellers got caught in the pants down, they had to buy back the stock at any price sort of close out their positions. Now, not everything in retail is fronty backseat. The aforementioned Williams-Sonoma was up almost 30% for the, for the year going into last week. It reported a mixed set of numbers with softer sales with much, much better earnings. But that kind of mixed bag Wall Street loves right now. So Williams-Sonoma stock pulled more than 20% just last week. Raw stores, for, similar to TGX, reported a nice beat in race quarter, and the stock jumped 7% in response, about what you expect. Bath & Body Works had been on the schneid, down more than 26% year-to-date, and it, issued down, it stayed down after issuing weak guides on Thursday morning. So bad is bad. Still, the front seat, back seat action in retail was the main takeaway from last week. So now you got to ask yourself, can it continue? I say depends. I don't think it makes sense to give up on high-quality retailers like TGX, which, again, I told you to buy, and Walmart, both of which reported strong quarters with conservative guidance. TGX had some expense shift in the third quarter to the fourth quarter. I say who cares? The business isn't deteriorating at all. It's actually getting better. TGX has a habit of beating its own forecast. Don't be surprised when the same thing happens in three months. And meanwhile, the stock's going to creep up in advance. As for Walmart, expectations simply got too high. Now that the bar's been lowered, the stock should work again. Plus, Walmart and TGX are exactly the kind of retailers you want to own when you're worried about a cash-strapped consumer, so many are. As for those previously out-of-favor retailers that ripped in response to better-than-feared numbers that rally like crazy last week, if you've been stuck in these for a while, I don't know, maybe you're getting a chance to ring the register a little bit of them at a higher price, because I only see some of them 
make a sustained comeback going forward. I think Target can truly turn itself around. They've got the right online infrastructure in place, along with tons of store within a store partnerships, like the likes of Starbucks and Ulta Beauty. That makes the stores a lot more enticing. Most important, Target's finally got the right level of inventory going into the holidays. That's tough to do, and they did it. As for Home Depot, I can see it having a strong year in 2024. Mortgage rates are so high that more people will stay in their old homes rather than moving, which means people might spend a little more on smaller home improvement projects. The gap is intriguing. I like that their cost cuts over the past year are paying off sooner than expected. It's worth noting that new CEO Richard Dixon only took over in August. I think he only take so much credit for the turn here. But maybe, maybe now that he's in charge, he can get Banana Republic, which is, I think, getting better, and Athleta moving in the right direction. Then again, maybe he can't. The last one's doing so badly. Macy's, like I said before, the stock is too low. Here's the bottom line. Last week was all about frontsy batsy action in retail with the most hated stocks making huge comebacks while the proven winners were abandoned, at least for the moment. So what does that tell us about the host retailers reporting tomorrow? You know what I say? Stick around after the break, and I'll explain what to expect. Bad Money is back after the break. Coming up, shop till your portfolio pops. With Black Friday just a turkey day away, Kramer's Retail Roundup continues next. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I told you before the break, last week was crazy for retail earnings season. With beat-down stocks soaring on better-than-fear numbers, while some of the most beloved chains saw their stocks sell off hard. So what happens tomorrow when we get results from no more, get this, 10 more retailers. One day, 10 more. I think the same dynamic could play at play. Retailers that have been doing well should have to clear a high bar, okay? Meaning they need to report magnificent numbers to see their stocks rise and give a good forecast. Meanwhile, the unloved retailers don't need to be impressive to beat much lower expectations, and those could be the winners. That's why I want to break down the 10 retailers reporting tomorrow into two groups, the hated and the loved. We hear from the six retailers that have done quite poorly of late. Best Buy, Burlington Stores, Dick's, Sporting Goods, Nordstrom, Lowe's, and Kohl's. At the same time, we've got four that have come in relatively hot... Urban Eagle Outfitters, Abercrombie & Fitch, Gas, and Urban and Urban Outfitters. Let's start with the beaten-down names that have a chance to play catch-up. First is Lowe's, which was down more than 2% for the year before we heard Home Depot last week, and the stocks got some lift. Still, Lowe's is very much an out-of-favor home improvement chain. As interest rates soared from July through October, the stock tumbled from 237 down to 181 at Lowe's last month. It's now rebounded to 204, but it remains well off ties. Given what we heard from Home Depot, I'm actually feeling cautiously optimistic about Lowe's. There's real strength in the do-it-yourself remodeling, and Lowe's has much more exposure to that crowd, with Home Depot focused more on professional contractors. Of course, the stock's already rebounded uh, off the positive pin action from last week. So it might, not, it might not have such an exaggerated rally, 
Let's see what they say tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Then there's Best Buy and Dick's Sporting Goods. Best Buy's down 15% for the year, even after last week's bounce, while Dick's is down about 1%. While they both have beaten down specialty retailers, their stories are very different. Best Buy's been under pressure all year, while Dix has been doing really well until it reported a dismal quarter three months ago. Still, even though the numbers were truly bad, I think the stock's 24% decline response was way too extreme. Just based on the nature of their businesses, I am more optimistic on Dix than on Best Buy, despite Best Buy's 5.4% yield. I wouldn't be surprised if Dix had a strong back-to-school season. They move a lot of sports equipment and also form, they move a lot of normal apparel and footwear. I also like their new House of Sports uh, store format with several of these gigantic locations opening this year. I think those are quite exciting. Best Buy deals in electronics, which has been a tough category for over a year now. While some electronics markets seem to be bottoming, I think PCs are. I feel like we've got maybe one or two more quarters of soft sales for these products before they really start turning around. We'll also get results from the final member of the off-price retail Troika when Burlington Stores reports tomorrow morning. While TJX and Ross Stores have done great this year, Burlington stock is down 32% for the year. These guys are in a weird spot. They've expanded very aggressively. But their sales per store, store, they've declined in the process. When Burlington last reported in August, the results were great, while the guidance for the rest of the year was distinctly suboptimal. Frankly, this is a tough one for me. Burlington is clearly the worst operator in the off-price space, but after last week's front seat, back seat action, maybe that makes it the best. Personally, though, I'd still rather stick with TJX and then Ross Stores after that. Hey, speaking of controversial names, you know, tomorrow we hear from Kohl's, the department store that should have sold itself last year when it reportedly had multiple takeover bids over 50 bucks. After management foolishly turned these down, the stock sunk to around 30, and for the past year and a half, it stuck most of the time between 20 and 30, with a couple trips to the high teens this year. Wow, nasty. Now, Kohl's is back to 24 and change, riding a 17% gain from last week alone. It has a dividend that gives you an almost 8% return here. But is that safe? Can't be sure. Unfortunately, the department store is secondly challenged here. But maybe Coles can get a boost from a new CEO, Tom Kingsbury, who did a great job when he was running Burlington stores. He's now been at Coles for nearly a year. Maybe his turnaround efforts have taken root. Of course, after last week's run, the stock's already baking in some kind of upside surprise. So the bar is a lot higher than it would have been, say, for like Target or for Gap. Finally, the last retail that's going into earnings from a point of weakness is Nordstrom, which reports after the close. Now, this is another name where we're flying blind, although my store was empty when I checked it out last week. And the last quarter included a huge bottom line beat, but management merely reiterated its four-year guidance, turning the event into what turned out to be a negative catalyst. Now, I don't have a ton of great things to say about Nordstrom. But I like the Nordstrom rack or price concept. That seems good. We'll have to see if it's strong enough to carry the entire business. It hasn't been in the past. Now, for the other side of the coin, the retailers that are going into earnings with a full head of steam. There are four of these. There's Abercrombie & Fitch, American Eagle Outfitters, Urban Outfitters, and yes. This year, Abercrombie's been a standout comeback story under the leadership of CEO Frank Horowitz with a stock that's more than tripled year to date. American Eagle vaulted 41%, Urban Outfitters jumped 55%, and guess is up 17%. Less impressive, but this stock's had a huge run since it reported last August. Three out of these companies, three out of these four companies, Abercrombie, American Eagle, and Urban Outfitters, cater to younger shoppers, which I view as another risk because younger consumers are notoriously fickle. And we know that the specific corner of retail is going through all sorts of disruptions, including the rise of Asian fast fashion brands and shopping pl- platforms like Shein and Temu, which make me nervous about the whole group. Those two are just, I don't know, they're on fire. Let me be clear about something. I don't think that the front seat, back seat action for the retailers this week is the reason to short any of these stocks. That's too glib, too dangerous. The last two, Abercrombie reported it rallied 24% and 31% respectively. You don't want to uh, directly bet against a stock that can put up those kind of post-earnings action. I'm simply saying that the bars higher for all four of these retail stocks because they are coming in hot. 
if they don't put up spectacular numbers, truly spectacular numbers, their stocks won't continue to rally. And if slightly wrong, then I think the stocks are going to get crushed. Like we saw from Walmart last week. Bottom line, that's the setup for tomorrow's flood of retail earnings. Hope you wrote them down. Now we wait another 12 to 24 hours, and then we see where the chips fall. Let's go to Wayne in Kansas. Wayne. Hey, Jimmy Kramer. I was yo, watching yo. you, and you were throwing chairs all over the place. Remember those days? Holy cow, have I ever gotten a little bit more tame than that? Well, how can I help you, buddy? Hey, I'm uh, wondering about uh, a stock called Casey's General Stores. They're a gas station slash convenience store, and they're all over the Midwest, and they keep building more. And they always seem busy, and they have great pizza there. That is exactly what we said when we said, you know what? We have to open our heads and buy that stock because it is such a winner. I think that you have to recognize that your horse sense way of looking at things has helped guide you toward a stock that we think is terrific. How about we go to Sam in my old home state of Pennsylvania? Sam. Jim, how are you? I am doing well, Sam. What's going on? I'm I'm good. I, I'm hoping our birds win tonight against. The oh my! I'm I I, I it may be Philadelphia's night. Maybe our night. How can I help? Anyway, so my question tonight is about a company that should be in a pretty hot industry. Uh, that is the pool uh, industry. So I'm talking about Leslie's. Uh, the question: the stock's been a dog. And my question yes. is: if this has to do with the management, or if this has to do with the higher for longer interest rate? Okay, I just looked at this stock. And, you know, I haven't looked at this stock in a very long time, and I cannot believe this stock is at five bucks. Now, I'm no mentalist, but I got to tell you, I got to dig into this one because this doesn't make any sense to me. So I'm going to sit down with my research director, Ben Stoto, and we're going to figure out whether Leslie should be a $5 stock, a $3 stock, or a $15 stock. And Ben, I'm counting on you is all I can say. All right, the bar is higher for the retail stocks that are coming in hot. If they don't put up truly spectacular results, their stocks will not continue to rally. No way, no how. Now we wait another 12 to 24 hours to see where the chips fall. Much more mad money, including some mad mentalism with none other than O's, the mentalist. You won't want to miss it. And Microsoft made a quick move to bring former OpenAI CEO Sam Altman into the fold amid his high-profile exit from the company Bill. But why do I think this is such a big deal for Microsoft? I'm bringing you the latest. And of course, all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. Think of the suit. Heart Diamond Club Spade saw that reaction. It's a diamond, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to do you one better than just guessing the card. I'm going to find it. Hold tight, hold tight. Let me reach in there. I'm going to say it's about halfway down, maybe about 27 cards. I got it, I got it. Hold tight, hold tight. Tell us all, what card did you think of? Say it. Seven of diamonds. Seven of diamonds. <laughs> that was O's the Mentalist taking his mind-reading skills to the NFL, working his magic support with the Jets, the Ravens, Seahawks, Buccaneers, and as you can see right there, the Dallas Cowboys. O's joins me now with my Mad Money cadre. You never see them. Executive producer Regina Gilgan, Mad Money head researcher Ben Stoto, and Mad Money stage manager Brian Schwarzfeger. And I got to tell you, he is going to blow our minds. Are you ready, Ski Daddy? Yes. Okay, let's go. We brought them out from behind the camera right here, front and center. Jim, you know what questions I get asked every day that I know you do? Same questions. Mentalist, what stock should I pick and when should I sell? I get the question, same ones you do every day. And you know what I say to people? I say, it's not about timing the market. 
its time in the market. Pick a good stock, right? Find the fundamentals, hold, buy and hold. It's that simple, just do it, you know what I mean? I don't know why everyone says, here, here we go. You know what, I wanna go back in time to see what kind of returns I would get. Month, day, and year. How about this, month, day, and year, you kick it off. Give us a month, what month? February. February, February it is. February, 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 you know what? I'm taking February, day, day. February's got 28 days. What day you got for me, uh, Jim, what day? 17. 17, any meaning to that or just utterly random? Random. Random's even better. You know what, we're going February 17, month, day, and you're doing the year. Regina, what year we're going, you know what, 1900s. I wanna see a big return, I wanna see compounded interest. What's your year? 1963. February 17th, 1963. We're going back in time. I wanna see what kind of returns we can deliver from this year on. How about it? Hold on to that for me, Regina. Got it. Ben, we're surrounded by New York Stock Exchange. Numbers everywhere, numbers everywhere. Here's the game. You're gonna be picking a two-digit number, okay? But the key here is I need to make sure they know, they know, everyone else, you do not know which one you're about to say yet at this very moment, do you? I haven't chosen. Good, good, and here's the thing, look at him, he's debating, he's torn, he doesn't even know. How could I know something that he doesn't even know? And I see your eyes, you see what I'm seeing? His eyes, it's like you're going, you're bouncing back and forth, back and forth, until the moment I say go, that's when you decide in your mind, close your eyes, and right now, you're gonna pick one. You just did it now, is that right, in this moment? I did. Okay, now, the name of the show is Mad Money. Close your eyes for me. So bigger tends to be better. Um, don't say, don't say yet, guys. I want everyone to see that. Okay. I'm gonna ask you a question. You were going back and forth, and you know what you did, because bigger is better. We like delivering big returns. You thought of the lower number, but then you jumped to the bigger number, didn't you? I did, I Folks, did. folks, I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Here's what I think he did. I think. Tell us all, you change your mind in the middle. Tell me, what was the lower number that you were debating but you didn't go with? What was the lower number? 23. And what did you end up thinking of? 45. No! 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 <laughs> Be for real, you don't even know until this moment. Now, this is where it gets crazy. Jim, Jim, grab your phone. Yeah, I got my phone here. I'm just a little reeling. Mad money. I'm a little reeling from that. Big market cap. Go to the top 100 companies. I, I got that on my in list. In the world, in the world, CNBC, whatever they got, top 100 by market cap. Right. And hold it up so I can't see a thing. And I want you to just scroll at random, and I want you to be impulsive, spontaneous, and utterly in this moment, and just let your eyes look at one company at random, you don't even know why. Just randomly, and I want you okay, to look at I got Do it. you agree there's no way that I could know what company you would have just looked at? No N, uh, uh, no. N W. No, no, don't tell. Wait, no, N W. That's no, no way. I was no going way. to say okay. another letter. I left it out. I forgot <laughs> yeah. it was on TV. Wait, no, we, we dropped the <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay. Right, yeah, got yeah. me there. But I want to make this even to the next level, which is let your eyes go up and down and around. And then you're going to scroll with a purpose, and this is where you get laser focused, like only Jim Cramer can do. Find that company, laser focus in on one more, and this is the part that I believe. I believe that you can't influence the markets; they're too big. But you can influence people and people make decisions to buy stocks, and this is where it all comes full circle. Jim, tell us all, I'm not gonna guess, which one, you picked it utterly at random, it, I told you totally to laser random. focus. But there's no way you would know. Say that one. What I'm did gonna you say it out loud. Yeah, I mean, you change your mind three times, then you laser focus, okay, say it. What I, was that company? The company's Nike. Nike. Yeah. Think about every moment that just took place. What did I say to you? 
It's not about timing the market, time in the market. Buy and hold, just do it. Do you remember me saying those three words? Hold on, hold on. In the history of any company, one person has added more to a bottom line than anyone I've ever heard of. Do you know who that is? I would say Michael Jordan, to be honest. And do you remember Michael Jordan's jersey numbers when he were playing? Was, was 23, came out of retirement, and switched to 45. Jim, I don't think that might be enough for you. So you know what? Just to be sure about it, you know what Not I did? Possible. It's possible. all about visuals, Jim. So I brought a little something here, a little something just... Bigger is better in my industry. <laughs> so I decided if we're going to go big, we're going to go home no, with the one there's and only. There's no way. There's a hundred, I've got a hundred different companies. I could have I picked, you know, I, I, it could have been China Construction Corp. China Construction Corp wouldn't but hit that this hard. Been cool. And here's the thing. I've been waiting years to be on this show. And so timing the market, it's about time in. And you know what? For one person, Michael Jordan, how much time has he had? Can I see this again? Yeah. You named any month you wanted. Random. I didn't tell you what right. to pick. You, know. you could have named any date. You said the 17th. You said 63. Folks, take a listen. Siri. One more time. Siri, what was Michael Jordan's birthday? Michael Jordan was born February 17th, 1963. No! <laughs> wow. It's not possible. That's wild. It's not possible. Wow. Did you give this to him? Did you give this to no. him? No. 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 I don't know. No, this is not possible. Birthday. Oh, my God. It's not possible. No, it's not possible. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, you had to know Nike. You, guys- you had to know Time to Mark. You had to know Jordan. You had to know. Mad money, everybody. <laughs> unbelievable. The Coase Perlman is the mentalist. You are unbelievable. You are amazing. No, it's unbelievable. You did not know any of the stuff that I, that I had in my head. None. Goes, I didn't even know what I was thinking. How could you? How could you? <laughs> you did you talk to him? Brian's about to faint yeah. for the record. He's like, I'm going no, back. He, I, 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 I yeah, you were He's done. He's done. He's just got to go home. He has to go home. Everybody's back after the break. Coming up, pop open those umbrellas and tee up your toughest questions. Kramer takes on all comers in the lightning round. Next. And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski daddy. Top of the lightning round. We're going to start with, uh, I want to start with um, Jason in Florida. Jason. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Game for your uh, Eagles tonight. Huge. Huge. I'm on, I'm on tenterhooks. Very concerned. My, my money's on the Chiefs, though. Sorry. Okay, next call. Do we have another call? Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry, Jason. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, nah, you're fine. So uh, yeah. I was just wondering, um, I was looking into a, a monthly dividend stock called SLG. Yeah, what's well, it off is real. And, you know, I, if you're going to be in that group, you got to be in BXP. That's the safest one. I, I don't like how that one has too much exposure to the, you know, this office commercial properties that everyone's so worried about. And good luck to your, um, whatever. Let's go to Mayor. Oh, this is a good day. Mayor of New Jersey. Mayor. Hey, thank you, Jim, for taking my call. Of course. Um, yeah, quick question. Um, the company Lucid Group. I've been no, no, we years. like Rivian. If you're going to go down in that tertiary group of EVs, we go for Rivian, not Lucid. Sam in Massachusetts. Sam. Booyah, Jim, man. Booyah, Sam. Jim, I don't have quite a, um, a full position yet. Should I keep adding to my SLD? 
I like SLB very much, and I think that oil, we've seen, we may have seen the bottom for the year in this last two weeks. Let's go to Lucas in Minnesota. Lucas. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Happy Lucas. positive Monday. Yes. I'd much rather have a green Monday than a blue Monday. Oh, isn't it? I like it. I like it when it goes up. I can't deny that. That's just been my rap. What's going on? Well, with uh, Elon being distracted with his ex, I was just wondering how you feel about the guys that made the hybrid of the year, Toyota Motor Company. You know what? I've been looking at Toyota and thinking, why don't I recommend that stock? It just goes up and up. I've been waiting for a decline. Probably don't get one. I think it's a really good call. Buy Toyota. Bobby in Alabama. Bobby. Hey, Jim. I was wondering, what's your thoughts on ConAgra? ConAgra is being hurt by this GLP thing, but it's got a 5% yield. I'm confident they're going to have a decent quarter. I think you can make two or three bucks in it. Let's go to Craig in Illinois. Craig. Oh, yeah, Jim from Northbrook, Illinois. Excellent. Wanted to ask you a question about a company that's had a really good run the last few months. CBOE Global CBOE is fantastic. I mean, these companies coin money, and they're very well run, and that is a buy, even up here. Let's go to Joey in Ohio. Joey. Hi, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. I I wanted to know what your thoughts are on Swift Bioscience. Okay, this is a very, very speculative genomics play. I have not made in my career a lot of money betting on genomics, but you have to know, now you've been warned, speculative play. Let's go to Andy in Kansas. Andy. Hey, Jim, long-time listener, and wife and I have a club membership. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I've got a small cap stock that uh, I'd like to talk about. It's it, from what I can see, it's outperformed seven, or pardon me, six of the seven magnificent seven on a percent per share price over the past five years. And it's got a low PE in its sector. And the stock I want to ask about is BCC. Boise Cascade is a great company. And I think that you have correctly understood how well it's done. You know, they, re, they kind of redid the company from when my dad used to rep for it. And bo- this Boise Cascade is a fantastic play on housing, on building. Nice call by you. Let's go to Sean in Ohio. Sean. Booyah, Professor Kramer. How you doing? I am doing fine. Thank you for giving me tenure. How can I help you? All right. Well, first off, I just wanted to say thank you for doing your homework and getting back to me on a company I called about a, like a month ago, AtCore. Yes, really yes, absolutely. With it now, so thank you. And? Okay, and the uh, company I want to talk to you about today is Excel Energy. It's you know, it's a, it's a very boring, I mean, you know, I looked at it once when, this, when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and it's in Minneapolis, and I said, this must be a real good idea. And my wife said, you, you'll put your viewers to sleep if you recommend that. So I'll put my viewers to sleep and say Excel Energy seems like a pretty good stock. Let's go to Dan in Pennsylvania. Dan. Hey, Jim, this is Dan. And Nathan, and we're from Pennsylvania. Yes. Uh, our, our question is about Sirius XM Holdings. Uh, will uh, their new app um, help their share count? Uh, it seems to be pretty high. I, don't know that I am very stuff. concerned that this is no longer the stock that we knew it as. It's become a play on used cars, if anything, and I can't go there. That's not enough to hang my hat on. How about Mike in Arizona? Mike. Hey, Jim. Uh, it's Mike in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. First-time caller. Thanks for taking my call. Excellent. I was wondering if I could get your uh, short-term and long-term outlook for an Israeli technology company called Nice. 
N-I-C-E. I've known these guys for a long time. It's been all over the map, but I think it is actually an inexpensive stock that is that was. Now, I haven't looked into Israeli stocks since uh, the massacre at the beginning of October, and I've not paid enough attention to them other than Wix, which I know is doing very, very well. But Nice has always been a good franchise. That's what I can say. Let's go to Tracy in New Jersey. Tracy. Thank you for my Booyah. Booyah, Hi, Tracy. How, do you how are you? Feel I'm okay. Uh, how do you feel about GLPI? No. The only casino company I like right now is Win. I think Win should be bought aggressively right here at 87. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by Charles Schwab. Coming up, what happens when the Elon Musk brand of antics leaks over to other stocks, Microsoft, AI, and a double standard you need to hear about next. As Scott Fitzgerald famously wrote, let me tell you about the very rich. They are different from you and me. That's what ran through my head when I learned that the board of OpenAI, the company that turned generative AI into a series of products, fired its CEO, Sam Altman. To me, Altman's synonymous with OpenAI. But not only did they fire him, they put out a release saying that he was, quote, not consistently candid in his communications, end quote. Now, that may not sound very harsh, but for a board talking about an ousted CEO, it's brutal. Next thing you know, Altman turns up at Microsoft, the company that bought a 49% stake in OpenAI for $13 billion not that long ago, with CEO Satya Nadella putting him in charge of a new initiative. What's incredible is how fast Microsoft acted. They basically found out that Altman got canned when he did, something that, by the way, sent Microsoft's stock down eight bucks in after hours trading on Friday. And now, because Altman's fully on board, the stock's almost all the way back. Makes sense. This is the guy who led the development of ChatGPT, which popularized artificial intelligence to begin with. His work is vital for Copilot, Microsoft's AI-powered sensation. They're one of the few companies that's actually making money off the AI craze. But the craziness doesn't stop there. OpenAI has over 700 employees. More than 500 of them signed an open letter calling for the board of directors to resign. Even the guy who helped lead the board of directors' rebellion to fire Altman ended up signing it. It would seem that OpenAI, most recently valued at $80 billion, might be worth very little if everyone disappears. And why shouldn't they? Who wants to work for a dysfunctional organization? The diaspora of people that can come out of this place and go work for others is astounding in its breath of death. I'm sure many will be hired by Microsoft, but it wouldn't shock me if Amazon, Meta, Adobe, or Alphabet picked some off too. Salesforce.com wants some. The extraordinary thing about all of this is that every part of it seems like the kind of insane thing that only the super rich would do. Let me put it this way. After Altman got fired, Microsoft hired him in a heartbeat, even though he was accused of being a liar who can't be trusted. I guarantee you, if you created a company and then the board fired you for dishonesty, your career would be ruined. But Altman immediately jumps ship to an even better place. Well, I think Microsoft made the right call. It's still crazy how it happened. Moreover, OpenAI, which seemed like a shoe-in to come public, now seems like some sort of sham if its top guy leaves and then their mass walkout's coming. Not only that, on Friday, the company appointed Mira Marathi as interim successor, and then yesterday picked Twitch co-founder Emmett Shear as interim CEO, replacing Marathi. What a clown show. 
Who the heck are these people who are just doing whatever the heck they want uh, without the, considering the fallout? Where's the respect for the institution? Or was there no institution? Where are the rules? Or were there no rules? Where's their non-compete against Altman if he left for what's now a principal competitor? How could a board member who led the rebellion against Altman now champion Altman? What was the lack of consistent candor really all about? And why did it mean nothing to Satya Nadella and his team at Microsoft? Due diligence? Is this Altman guy so smart that the rules don't apply to him? I guess so. Maybe it's something that happens to the new very rich, like what happened to Elon Musk, who also seems to have crossed over to truly abnormal behavior at X, the private company formerly known as Twitter, seemingly making bedfellows with an obvious anti-Semite. Maybe because OpenAI is a private company like X, people feel they can do whatever they want. And because they're very rich, all consequences are manageable. But then again, I have the luxury of hosting mad money, so you don't need my ethical judgment. You just need my takeaway. Nice save, Satya Nadella. You could have had a giant write-off. Instead, you have everything you need from OpenAI and I'm sure a few players more. I like to say there's always more market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mid Money. I'm Jim Kramer. See you tomorrow. Last call starts now. All opinions expressed by Jim Kramer on this podcast are solely Kramer's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by Kramer on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Jim Kramer as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. Kramer's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries will warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Mad Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash disclaimer. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.